Right, I'm speaking to Jerry Boerzer, who is the managing partner of Tax Consulting South Africa. Jerry, thanks for chatting to me today. Um, if you're currently a South African citizen and if you're working in a different country, there is basically a tax sort of exemption for you. It basically means that if you're working outside of the country for more than 183 days, you won't be taxed. But National Treasury wants to repeal this as indicated by former Finance Minister Pravin Gordon. What is the background to this? Uh, well, firstly, when South Africa was always historically a source-based system, and then in 2001 they changed to residency-based system, which is we are going to tax on your worldwide income. Okay. And just to, to be clear on that, it's not your citizenship that counts. It's whether you are tax resident. So that would normally be somebody that that still comes home to South Africa every year, that's just temporary abroad, who's not settled permanently overseas, uh, somebody that's financially immigrated, for example. Okay. Uh, but you would even have citizens or non-citizens, people that apply for permanent residence in South Africa, that would also be caught by that. Right. And then the background was, when they then implemented this worldwide basis of tax, uh, like all other countries pretty much around the world, they said, we're going to exempt your employment income. They went for exemption model. Okay. So you're resident, you have to declare your worldwide income, but you can claim an exemption of your employment income only if you do a certain amount of time outside South Africa. Uh, that's worked wonders for the past, I guess, uh, 15, 16 years. Um, and now what they've done is they've, well, basically what happens in the Minister of Finance, 22nd of February, uh, the then Minister Pravin Gordon said, uh, we are going to only give you that exemption if you can prove that you're paying tax in another country. Because obviously some expats plan their affairs in such a way that they would pay tax nowhere. Right. And now the surprise is when on the 18th of July, they've announced this law change. They didn't just say, oh, the exemption doesn't apply to your pay tax somewhere else. It just said, we're going to delete that whole section. And you're going to have to now declare your worldwide income. And you only thing you can claim is credit that you might earn in another country. Hmm. So now government wants to basically affect this this new legislation by the 1st of March 2019. I mean, do you think that that's realistic? Well, government's recently been, I think, actually de facto backdating some legislation. Uh, there was, within the past, I think, couple of months, a high court decision uh, that said a tax law can be retrospectively applied. So the fact that they're only doing it 1 March 2019 onwards is very clearly indicating that they know this is a bit of hot potato. They're giving guys ample time to sort out their fees. Mm. But pretty much all other laws would normally have been made effective when it was announced, and we actually expected it was going to be effective 1 March 2018. Hmm. So that's a bit of a leeway they give us. Okay. And how is this going to work exactly? If, if I'm an expat in the UAE, for example, or even a low tax zone like Singapore, how is government going to ensure that um, I pay my fair due of tax over to SARS? Well, I mean, that, that's a slippery concept. I think, you know, 
what we see with expats is you get a lot of expats that is fully complied. They've always done the returns correctly. And then, of course, you've got a lot of expats that just left and stopped to carry taxes or just fully zero on their tax returns. They don't ever declare their worldwide interest, dividends, rental income or stuff like that. So the spectrum, you get everybody. Mm. What happened, however, and this is a game changer, is that the U.S. is pretty much the guys who's figured out best how to clamp down tax avoidance. And they've got basically a system called FACWA, what FACTA, that basically say that if you've got a foreign bank account, that foreign bank account has to declare that to the U.S. revenue authorities. And what the OECD have done now is they have copied that approach because it works so well. And I think there's there's over 100, uh, close to 200 odd countries, pretty much all countries, that is subscribing to this new system called CRS, or Common Reporting Standards. So what it does, if you are a South African resident, a South African citizen, or you've told any financial institution around the world that you're addressing South Africa, there's going to be a dramatic exchange of information. So SARS will know, the question is just whether will they act. And what I've just explained now is the preamble to the special BDP program. That's why SARS last year said, guys, we're going to get this information at the public reporting standards. We're going to know about you. We're going to give you another special amnesty to come clean. Otherwise, you can't complain that we dig unfair after you. So how did, I mean, how would this compare to you to other countries? You mentioned how the, the US has you know, found an interesting way to tackle this. Um, so, for example, if I'm a UK, a, a UK citizen or a US citizen, um, how would those countries, you know, tackle my tax if I'm living and working in a different country? Well, I mean, like, they're both are systems that work well for them. The US would obviously keep your resident forever, as long as you've got a green card or you've got a US citizenship. They say for that privilege, you must follow US tax returns on worldwide income. The U.S. have got a rule that says your first hundred thousand odd dollars per year that you earn as employment income is exempt. So they said your first hundred thousand is exempt, and after that you can start paying tax. So pretty much they're just hitting the top end of that calculation. Mm. Uh, the U.K. however, they've got a far more clinical way of saying if you leave the U.K. and you're more than 183 days outside South Africa, or sorry, out of the U.K. etc. We're just going to make you non-resident and you don't have to declare your worldwide income. Mm. Uh, so they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. In South Africa, however, as long as you've got an intention of returning to South Africa, as long as South Africa remains your real or your main home, um, then you are still regarded as tax resident, mm. except if you claim to be tax treaty resident in another country. Uh, and I might just add a lot of the, the expats obviously are saying they are going to to rely on treaties. The issue there is I think South Africa only has got about 78 treaties in existence and there's 100, 190 odd countries around the world. So there's a lot of expats in other countries which would not have that treaty relief. And then also just practically to claim treaty relief against SARS, it's, it's a tough process. 
So if I'm in Dubai and I'm not paying, I mean, obviously that's a tax-free zone. Um, would I, I mean, how would I, what, what sort of percentage of tax would I be looking to, or would I be asked to pay basically? I mean, would, would SARS then take my income and, and uh, translate it into rands and then say, okay, you fit into this bracket, so you're going to pay this X percentage of tax? Absolutely correct. So our tax law is that if you're individual, uh, you can use uh, average exchange rate. You can look at the end of the year at what the SARS average exchange rate is and you convert it to rent and then the normal tax tables would apply to that. Mm. I just think it's early days. You know, I do I do think, and, and I might just add that this, there's a good couple of examples in our law where tax law was forced through and then three, four years later it was changed back because it simply didn't happen. And I think we really hope and uh, we hope that will not be the case here. I do think that you know, if, if expats properly levy or, or lobby things, uh, you know, there would be a good case for these things not to get promulgated. Mm. Uh, I just want to add two points. A couple of years ago, Treasury proposed to remove the interest exemption to say that you're not going to get tax-free interest anymore. Mm. And I mean, that was completely lobbied out of the law. That interest exemption is still there. Yes, I haven't increased it every year, but basically, there was such a strong voice to keep it that that it was retained. So I do think, you know, people should write to Treasury. And I mean, as a citizen, you've got a right to do that. Mm. And then the other point I just want to add, and this seems to be the biggest issue for expats. Uh, and, and I mean, uh, a guy, actually perhaps more, more a gentleman in, 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 in Dubai, because I've got to... You know, learning quite well, learning quite well. Barry Pretorius has started this at petition group. And, you know, a lot of these guys, they, their biggest fear is, is the cost of living that they incur on that site. Mm. And at the moment, our tax law, if they tax you on those things, they're not going to give you a deduction for all those cost of living items, the flights back home, and the other taxes that you pay in other countries. And a lot of them, obviously support South African families back home. Mm. So this tax law is actually not going to just hit South Africans abroad so much. It's going to hit, obviously, people that is supported back home. Mm. I don't know to what extent National Treasury has got good information uh, on which it made a good decision on this. Mm. We don't know. We will figure that out through the parliamentary commentary process, I guess. Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously there's a huge amount of remittances that are sent back to South Africa, correct? I think so. I mean, a lot of the guys whose personal tax we do, they support parents, they support family. You might think these guys go work there and stay in a, in a, in just better than a tent in a desert and, and, and make millions. But that just isn't the case, I think. Uh, they, they do send a lot of money back home. Mm. And obviously, as you say, the living costs there are also quite high. So you could get quite a high tax rate in the UAE and you, it could kill the incentive to live there and work there. Correct. And I think that's the bit of unfairness, perhaps, is the UAE, uh, they do collect a lot of tax, you know, but they do it more as a consumption tax, not as an income tax. Mm. So, you know, if you... If, if, if you rent something there, it's astronomically expensive. But I mean, they don't just make money from oil and everything else is for free. 
And unfortunately now, because we get hit here with the income tax, of course you can't claim, the same way you can't claim a VAT credit as a credit against your your income tax or uh, a credit for the tax on the fuel that you pay Mm. against your income tax because it's a different tax. There's definitely a bit of a mismatch happening there. And I I do think that that should definitely be be raised with Treasury because, you know, they're right. To some extent, there's guys abusing the system. But on the other side, you know, uh, perhaps perhaps this would be too harsh where where we're heading at the moment. Mm. And... So you basically say that South Africans can still have their say about this uh, legislation. I mean, how do they go about doing that? Do they lobby parliament? How does that, how does that work exactly? You know, I, I think, uh, and I'm, I'm not here to support one group or other, but I would definitely join Barry Petrus's expat petition group. It's a Facebook group that he started. I think he's, he's over 10,000 members and 5,000 odd signatures or thereabouts. Uh, and on there is the detail on how to, to who at, at National Treasury and SARS to write to. So the first step is that you've got until the 18th of uh, August to do a submission. Uh, and I mean, if you don't submit, then you've got nothing to complain about, I guess, afterwards. Mm. Um, and then obviously, you know, there's a bit of a strength in numbers thing. You know, if uh, the Davis Tax Committee, I think, got 131 uh, responses uh, only to the wealth tax question that was asked. Mm. So I guess if we're only going to get 151 responses to the to this expat tax issue, then perhaps National Treasury and Parliament will say this is just going to impact a couple of a very small couple of guys. So it's not worried too much about it. Mm. Uh, but but you have to comment if you if you disagree. I think that's important. Mm. So I mean, they would need potentially thousands of of responses then. Well, I would, I would, I would, I would guess so. And I think there's obviously a emotive economic side to it, and then there's a tax technical side to it. Uh, and I mean, obviously, I will focus more on the te- tax technical side in terms of, you know, to to claim tax credits is sometimes just not as easy as you might think. Mm. Uh, there's actually a lot of African countries where it's very difficult to show that you've paid personal income tax because taxes collected through the pay-as-you-earn system. And the moment you pay pay-as-you-earn, the personal tax obligation falls away. So I, I hope there's good comment. I hope there's, there's good, good, robust debate. But I mean, I must just add, uh, there's a balance to this. If, if, if Treasury feels that some guys have been paying tax absolutely nowhere and that's completely wrong, mm-hmm. uh, they're obligated to, to correct that position as, I guess, you know, the mark should be obligated to say perhaps that you've gone too far. Hmm. And if, if this legislation goes through ultimately and, um, you know, sort of tax residents in South Africa who are working overseas will have to pay their fair share of tax, um, what kind of options will they be left with? I mean, if they don't want to pay South African tax rates, um, do they ultimately have to become citizens of other countries? Do they have to properly immigrate? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think a lot of the guys have just simply left in the past and never informed anybody and not even paid capital gains tax when they left because when you leave, you have to pay CGT. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think they're going to get forced to get their house in order. Uh, 
I I do think obviously a lot of them that's not planning to come back is going to do the financial immigration process. That basically that's how you inform SARS and and uh, the Reserve Bank that you've left with permanent intention. Uh, because if you're non-resident, these things don't apply to you. Uh, and of course, there's going to be the other side as well. I guess there's going to be some of them that just says, "Catch me if you can." Uh, and I, I, I certainly hope that 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 SARS do catch them because we're not supporting that. And I guess the, the other part then is there's going to be guys that start entering the schemes to to reduce their taxes. Uh, we've seen that with share schemes. Since they've brought in these new share scheme rules every single year, and I'm not sure I'm 100% correct, but probably it's about 10 years now, mm. every single year they've had to bring in new rules to close the loopholes that was created by some practitioners in the market. So it's been an interesting time. Mm. Very interesting stuff. Uh, Jerry, thanks a lot for chatting to me today. It's been an, a fascinating discussion. Thank you so much.